Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 70 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess, and we have a very special guest with us today. Woohoo! It's not often we have guests on with us, but as we talked about on last episode, we had such a wonderful time at our live Zoom listener call. I don't even know what affectionately to call it. <laughs> that, that time that we all had together where we all hung out um, for a long time. And we asked during that call for recommendations of what people want to want to hear us talk about more. And I think the resounding conclusion of everyone um, was we need JC on an episode. <laughs> it wasn't even like more guest calls. It was like we nominate JC. So you are now here on a guest call, but you may be a regular feature so much so that you might be deemed a co-host at some point in time because you're in that much in demand, JC, is what we decided. <laughs> oh, man. So, All I got is wow. Yeah. <laughs> it is awesome to have you here. And um, I think we're just going to kind of have a conversation around your strengths, how you use strengths, um, a little bit of how you got into teammates as well. And so, um, and I'd love to hear, and I, I know Allie and I both have heard a little bit about like why you listen to Jen and Millie and um, you've been such a, I feel like you are, you were a person that you got your feet like a tiny bit wet and then you like jumped into the ocean, not even like the deep end of the pool. Um, <laughs> like you went back to like archived episodes, I feel like, and had, you know, our YouTube channel back in the day um, to like listen, which is so, you know, Allie and I talk about, does anyone ever really listen to us? And if you're the only one, that's okay. Um, and we're thankful for it. So, um, so, okay, JC, give our listeners a bit of an introduction um, tell them, um, I'd love to hear, share with them your top five strengths, honestly, from a strength-based perspective, and then love to hear a little bit about what brought you to teammates and what brought you to Jenna Millie. Sure. Um, so my top five strengths, harmony, analytical, individualization, connectedness, and belief. And I always throw in number six because I think it, it helps, um, uh, is deliberative. And that kind of sums up how I process the world and what I do. So even though it's number six, it's actually super important to me. Um, so I, I've been a teammate's mentor for about um, 60 days. Let's call it a couple days before quarantine. Um, we have a new chapter here in South Dakota. I live in Rapid City. And our chapter started officially this fall. And I got connected to teammates through a coach in Custer, um, who does coaches of influence and he kind of started talking about teammates and came uh, to me through our business in order to maybe be a supporter of, of teammates. And through that process, um, Dr. Osborne came and I got to meet with him, which was one of, you know, a highlight for sure. Um, I'm, I'm a UNL grad, so that's, um, that's a, a big deal to me, a lifelong Husker football fan. Um, so that's kind of how we got connected up. Um, and then, um, met Des Moines through through that process as well, and he kind of in, engaged um, engaged our business in in supporting teammates. And then through that, I met Allie at, at training, and um, actually just loved the strength based approach to training. And so started stealing some of her material that we used. And um, then she sent back, "Hey, we do this podcast, and I think you might like it." So I started listening to the podcast and got hooked because it's so strength-based and I just love watching people live in their strengths and it was just great dialogue to be able to learn more about strengths that I, my lesser strengths, as Allie would say. 
um, and how that plays out um, in relationships. So once I started listening, I kind of got hooked and uh, yes, went back and uh, picked up a lot from the beginning. And just terrifying to you, Tess, it is to me um, to <laughs> think that anybody so. would go back into the archives um, because when we have, I think, other than the evolution of our hair, we don't really, I don't know that we see too much growth. <laughs> um, we, we have, we have grown and learned a lot along the way because we did start as a, as a video. Um, one of the things that I wanted to lift up that I just thought was amazing when I met you is right away. I mean, your heart was in teammates. You could see that that was evident to me. I think I met you first at the board training and then we had a mentor training that night and I could see right away. Um, we often talk about in teammates, what's the ultimate recipe, you know, for a chapter to be successful or for a match to be successful or for a board to be successful. And it's when somebody's heart is in it. And I just knew immediately, I'm like, her heart is in this and whatever we do, um, this partnership, it's going to go really well. And so We've been very lucky to have you as a board member, um, as a mentor, um, newish mentor, for sure. Um, but just thinking about how we've um, onboarded South Dakota and the way that we hope for continued growth. Um, Custer was one of the first communities that we started with. Um, Mark, the superintendent there is um, someone I'm very fond of. He does a great job as a coordinator, but his heart is in it. Um, also, he's a big music fan, so you know I like him right away. Um, but I think that we're so fortunate when we have people who see this idea as a meaningful one and they say, I'm on board with this idea too, because it takes so many people to make teammates happen. So, um, I feel pretty lucky that we got to know you that way, but then, um, obviously through Jen and Millie and you tax us with these great questions and follow-up emails, which mm -hmm. thinking about your deliberative totally makes sense. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. your, your questions are so meaningful. They're so well thought through. And then Tess and I'll come back together and be like, wow, what? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for being a, um, not just a genuinely um, encourager, but also to help us think and really mm -hmm. think about the strength-based lens and how we use our voice to that. Mm, I love that. I was thinking about the things that I think people were drawn to and wanting to hear more from you. And I think that's part of it is you bring a very thoughtful approach to your dialogue all of the time. You know, I think it was, I don't remember how many episodes ago it was, but a few episodes ago, I, you know, threw out the idea of like domain distribution and your highest domain. And you sent me back your chart. You sent me back your note cards of like each per like each person where their strengths were and all of this discussion. And I was like, oh my gosh, number one, I don't even know if that was a reputable assessment, what I was kind of um, uh, theorizing about the domains, but you were like, yes, I, I think I agree. And here's why, and here's the evidence. And just even just the way your deliberative plus analytical blend just came out so much in terms of even just seeing how you were processing through that question with the real life examples of the people that you're working with. Um, I think, and, and probably part of the reason is 
because of the field that we're in, but I don't encounter a ton of people with high analytical. Um, there's only a handful of people I've met that have really high analytical, but I really appreciate it because you're not going to respond unless you have proof um, and evidence to back up your claim. And so it was so great to not only see, okay, yes, I agree. You probably wouldn't have responded if you didn't have the evidence maybe to back it up, right? Like, so you're saying, yes, this, I agree. And here's how and why, and here's everything that I can show you to say this is why I agree with what you were speculating about. And my, like, when I doubt that I have high analytical, I'm like, oh, I just throw hypotheses out there. Like, if we have evidence, we have evidence. If we don't, we don't. As long as I say it's a hypothesis. If I'm claiming fact, I need fact to back it up, right? But if I'm just speculating about something, I'm going to speculate about it, (laughs) right? Like, that's how my thought process goes. But your analytical is like, I'm going to engage in the conversation in a meaningful way from the point of deliberative, but also from a place of evidence and fact. And I think that's really neat to interject into the conversation because I don't know you know about you Allie but I feel like I haven't had a ton of really great case studies of people with analytical that I've worked with a whole lot so it's been fun to see in action I agree and I, I think um, if what we could learn from you is how do you take that the superpower blend and apply strengths at work with your team yeah so you know, I, I don't know, it was a couple episodes ago, you said something about, you know, something that people say often, kind of a catchphrase. Well, my team, they make fun of me all the time because I say factor opinion. So people will bring something to me and they will say, hey, what do you think about this? Or I want to do this because of this. And so I almost have to be a little bit careful about that because it's become buzzword bingo a little bit. But I, I mean, I've said that for, you know, my entire career here is factor opinion. Just show me that's what I need. Um, so I think my analytical lens is certainly what people um, come to me with because now they come and they say, hey, can I run this by you? This is what I'm thinking, but I need you to blow some holes in this. You know, will, will you take this and run with it a little bit? Um, so that's, I think that's definitely what I'm more known for is, hey, let's, let's go ask her about this. She probably knows something about it. Um, but she'll help me figure out if this is really true or if this is just my opinion. That's good. I love that there's that track record of knowing what you can be relied upon to do. And I think that's a, it's a beautiful example right there is showing up in your talents and in your strengths with people over and over again, builds that rapport to say, this is how I show up in my best self by sometimes blowing holes in your argument, which isn't necessarily, I feel like I'm known as negative Nelly or the Debbie Downer around the office because I'm just like, okay, like, you know, if it's not based on fact or based on data, we can't make decisions about, around it um, until we have more, you know, more data to work with. And so, um, but but showing up in that way, right, allows people, especially when you look at team dynamics, which I think is, is something that we hope that you can speak to even more when you understand how teams work together really well. Um, you know who can be relied upon to contribute what in the most natural way. And so like when I look at a team map or read, you know, a strengths chart for someone, we're looking at, you know, what is the most contra- the most frequent contribution of a team? So how does the team show up in, when it comes to a domain, individual strengths? But then who are the individual contributors that can be relied upon? Who is dominant in an area where there isn't necessarily dominance in? Who has those unique strengths that show up really powerfully, like an analytical, like a deliberate? that we can rely upon in times of need. So I think the fact that people are coming to you with that, right, is a testament that you're living and working in your talents really regularly. Yeah, so I spend a lot of time 
with the team map and just team dynamics, um, you know, I lead a team um, of 15, 16, if you include myself, and all of us have, you know, at least their top five. I'm the only one that has the full 34 because um, it's not necessarily something that, that they want at this point. Um, you know, the analytical side of me said, okay, great, top five, let's, let's do the rest. Um, because I just, I had to know what, what else was in there and what really what's top 10 looked like, but let's be honest, I needed to know what the bottom four or five were just for my own, for, I, I knew, but I just had to see the fact, right? Not go back to fact or opinion, but, um, so I, I look at our team all the time and in terms of, you know, during this time, it's been very different to lead this team and everybody's kind of in a different place. And so really leveraging our strengths so that the stuff that I'm not great at yet, I've got people that will can jump in and do that. Um, I've got people with high communication and they're the people that are saying, hey, this may be the best way to get this news out or to to share this. And knowing that it's in my lesser strengths, but it's in their top strengths, it helped me to defer and really delegate things a little bit better. Um, I have somebody that has high activator and I just love that because I, I don't. And when I have, I might have an idea, I might have some facts and okay, so what do we do with this? She's like, I'll take it and I'll run with it. Perfect. Please do that. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Um, so, and I got a lot of people that execute really well or executing domain is way heavier than any other domain, which I think is the norm, um, in a, in a business environment. Um, so it's, it's just cool to see how all of these individual parts are coming together to be able to do something well. And there's no way I would be able to do this with my top five, um, the way that I'm, I'm wired without, without the rest of the team. Mm, that's awesome. I know you mentioned some individual themes, um, communication, activator. Are there other strengths you feel like you rely on when it comes to really great partnerships? Like thinking about the people you partner with more frequently, um, what are some of the themes you rely on? Um, strategic. I have quite a few people on the team that have strategic, not there's one other that has analytical in his top five. Um, and so he and I, when we're talking high level stuff, like, Hey, what do you think about this? I love that conversation with him because we, we come from the same perspective, but I need the challenge of the people that don't come at it from high analytical because there's two of us. Right. So, um, the strategic, because I might have the facts, I might have I know what's right, um, but the strategic people help find, you know, which direction do we need to go in order to get there? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a really good balance for me. Um, and then empathy is probably the biggest one where I have two or three people on the team that have really high empathy. Um, and those guys help bring us fact or opinion people back down to earth a little bit. You know, okay, but feel about this a little bit. Like you can't just go on, on this number side. What, how do people feel about this? And they, they help us really jump into other people's shoes, which is not natural for, for those of us with, with high nerdiness. (laughs) Okay. So I love that you brought that out and I think it, or, or brought that example because I think it illustrates something that that is the beautiful part of strengths. Because when you look at your strength set, you have a lot of relationship building themes high. You know, having high harmony, connectedness, um, individualization, you're dominant in relationship building. But talking about how you need to rely on empathy, because that's a little bit of a different 
way to build relationships. And I love that you talked about a great partner for your analytical is strategic, which both fall in the strategic thinking domain. I think that as much as I love the domain framework, Allie is like, here we go. Yay, Tess finally talking about what she doesn't like about domains. Um, Part of it is that we assume that when we rely, we rely on themes. We need to be looking for people outside of our domain. But some of the most beautiful partnerships that we can create is people with really different functions within our own domain. And so the least likely pair of contexts, my number one is futuristic. I love partnering with people with high futuristic because they help point my retrospection to a place of a desired future. And that helps propel me to that. And that's such a beautiful compliment, even though they're literally right next to each other on the chart. Um, when it comes to, strate- you know, con- under the strategic thinking theme domain, they fall right next to each other. So I think as much as we we think we need to be reaching far out for people with way different themes in a different domain that might be dominant in different places, some of the most powerful partnerships can be cultivated by just looking at little bit little differences in how themes function. I don't know that I would have really thought about someone with high analytical partnering with someone with high strategic in that way. So I love that example. And as I was listening, I was thinking, wow, I wish I would have known you before I had my son and tried to raise him. Um, he has high deliberative and also high analytical. Throwing in some competition there. But Sean used to say to me his big argument all the time was, Mom, I'm telling you facts and you're operating in nothing but feelings. All of your statements are just feeling statements. You aren't making any sense to me because all you're doing is talking about feelings. And he still says that to me today. Um, so I think the factor opinion even that as a catchphrase or as a statement, um, your awareness of self has been clear. I mean, you, you know yourself and we talk about this all the time here that self-awareness is, is underrated. Um, I think when you lead your team in a way that says, not only do I believe in awareness of self, but I want to know you at your best. That's such an honoring statement to other people so that they're thinking I do contribute. I do um, bring so much of a different lens to the team that I know that JC as my manager, as my leader, is going to rely on my uniqueness to help her see the broader picture. And I think that 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 creates engagement. Yeah, I think we noticed that, you know, we've had some some downtime where we just had more time. We're not there today, but six weeks ago, we had a lot of time and the engagement piece was something I was missing with some of the crew, not my leadership team, but some of the rest of the team because they didn't feel their purpose because they weren't doing what you normally would have been doing during this time. And it took me way longer than I would have hoped to recognize that. And then we started figuring out, okay, let's assign some things, which is not normally how we do it, that they can get accomplished in a day. So you feel that sense of purpose and the engagement went up. You know, you put people in places where they were doing stuff completely outside of their normal realm, but they had the opportunity then to get something done in a day. And maybe they were using a strength that they would not have normally used in a normal day. And the engagement went up. obvious looking back, um, but that piece of engagement, I think our leadership team is so much more engaged when somebody strength spots what you're seeing there and you're like, oh, I want to use that context more often. 
you know, when, when JC says, hey, I see your high context coming out here, that feels good, right? It feels good to have somebody strength spot you and you're like, oh, I want to do that again. Yeah, and I love that. So I love your example, JC, about pivoting during this time of, of quarantine um, to increase engagement. But even the way you guys went about doing that is honoring is increasing engagement by not just strength spotting, but then honoring through the actual outputs of your employees of let's honor their strengths because someone with high relationship building, right, might not think getting assigned a new task is a way to increase engagement, right? But the fact that you know that your team is very executing heavy, um, doing that, saying these things need to get done, can we delegate that to people maybe who might not normally be in that area, but we're going to give them these interesting things to complete or fun tasks to get accomplished, to have that feeling of accomplishment, right? Driving engagement, driving connection and mission, but also honoring their strengths in a really real way um, is just such a way that your individualization comes out as a leader, right? So knowing that I need to increase engagement, um, I want to spot strengths, but I also want to honor them and what practically we're doing each and every day. Um, And so definitely see that come out. I love seeing great leaders with individualization um, because everything, and as someone with high individualization, it's honoring. (laughs) You know, it might not be the same someone with high consistency. I mean, we need someone, I guess, a guest with high consistency on to speak to this. But to me, that is so much more meaningful and you're going to get so much better return on investment for your engagement of your employees when you're investing and asking them, increasing engagement in a way that's honoring to their individual themes. Um, and so I just love, gosh, strengths-based leadership is profound. It's powerful. When people do it right, it really matters. Um, and you see the effects of that. And so we're grateful, gosh, that you're in the role that you're in. And to be able to stay in witness to that is pretty incredible. I want to ask a, a, a question to kind of pivot our conversation. I think that people in their strengths journey have light bulb moments where they hear it, they get it, and they recognize it. And that's like the point where they're jumping into the ocean, right? (laughs) To use that metaphor again. Tell us about your light bulb moment. What made it click for you when it came to strengths? So I've got to go back a little bit. Um, You know, I was first exposed to to strengths at UNL, not necessarily in the way that they do it now. I'm so excited about how that looks today compared to, um, let's just say, a couple decades ago at UNL, um, how that looks differently. So that was my first exposure to it. But really, um, as I started my leadership journey, I've been in this position Um, since about 2008. And when I first started in this role, I really felt like I was trying to be the other leaders that I had in my life, the mentors and the examples. Like my, I was trying to lead the way they led and that didn't work. And so, you know, I can think of two or three people that is, okay, well maybe if I shift and move this direction and try to do it the way he does this, um, I'll I'll see some success in in doing that. And it just didn't work. And I, you know, I've known that my whole life that, I need to be who I am, but you get into a new role and you think, okay, well, they were successful at this, you know, analyze it to death and that's what worked for them. So let's adapt their systems and, and do it that way. And so about um, probably 2011, 2012, um, I took strengths again. I have no idea what my original set of strengths was. It was just something that I'm sure it's probably the same because that's what the data shows, but um, it, 
I have no idea. It just didn't stick then. Um, but when I took it again and I started reading through and really studying that, I'm like, why am I not doing this the way that, that God designed me to do this? And that's when the light bulb went off. Um, and so then I kind of owned that for myself. And then in about 2014, one of our part-time associates went through this. He's a teacher at a, at a school and he went through it with somebody on his team, the vice principal at his school had taken their whole staff through strengths. And he came into my office and he said, you have to do this with your leadership team. And so we, we set it up and we had, um, his name is Terry and he was learning to be a strengths coach. So he had gone through some of it, but needed, needed his hours, needed his coaching time in. And so had him come in and, um, help us set the structure for our whole team and that's when it kind of started taking off team wise and then we kind of put it away for a while i still owned my own strengths but and then just within the last year we've really started investing in strength spotting among each other and um so that's kind of where we're at today with it but for me the light bulb was probably 2012 ish um and the team light bulb has most recently just come on during this pandemic so and isn't that just so fascinating that this is a time in which strengths would be eliminated or we would start thinking about why does this matter and why is it important um in a time of pause and disconnect a really meaningful way to connect is around strengths language and i love that i mean you speak to what happens in most situations where people take it and maybe it doesn't stick or they take it and it gets tucked away in a desk drawer somewhere or the team starts with it and then it kind of goes away. And I think that one of the things that Tess and I are really um, hopeful about is that these are ripple effects that you're crafting and creating and you have no idea when they might, when that ripple may reach another wave. Mm -hmm. And so for me as a mom, um, when I was going through strengths um, education, my kids were little, they were my test group. So that's, you know, I was practicing all this, the strengths explorer stuff with them. And I didn't think that they, I mean, I knew that it, it changed the way that I parented, but I didn't think that they would ever come away with, you know, wow, this is meaningful. This kind of helps me know my best self and the people around me. And now Sean's a strengths coach at UNL as, as part of this incredible Clifton um, Institute. Mm -hmm. All of these things that at the time, years may pass, but if we've um, been able to create a ripple, that ripple may turn into a wave a long time from now. My guess is your staff, your employees are going home and thinking this way out loud with their families. Mm -hmm. They're looking at one another, they're looking in the community. Um, I feel like once you have the light bulb with strengths, it it just leads to other illuminations for me as a parent. And I, this was a question I wanted to ask you too, because I know your kids are younger, but are you already seeing strengths within them? Has this helped you as a parent? Um, I'm always kind of interested on that side too. Sure. So um, I have seven-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, and a four-year-old boy. And um, Avery, my seven-year-old girl, is definitely my, my mini-me. I mean, personality-wise, just the stuff I hear from her teachers, um, she is definitely very wired very similar similarly to me. 
Um, and so I think she's definitely got high deliberative. Um, you can just see how her mind works and just the questions that she asks and the stuff that she retains. I'm just fascinated by how her, her mind works. Um, and then there's Xander and he's, he's a lot more empathetic. He feels stuff a lot more, um, and is a little less, he's strong numbers kid, but, um, he's, I think he's going to be, um, more the, the empathetic side, um, and then I'm not sure about Lincoln yet. That kid is hilarious, and it's just hard to tell what what his personality. But he's got high responsibility, which is just like his dad. Um, you know, my husband Nick has has high responsibility. It's his number one, and so I I, I see that same thing with with Lincoln. But. Oh, that's so good. I think it's such a an affirmation of strengths, body, and you know, our strengths are us. You know, we talked a little bit in the green room pre-show about, you know, our themes being with us from a very young point in time. And so to have a, a parent that affirms that and sees that and recognizes that is just, is, gosh, I can't wait to see what your, your kids grow up to be and how they grow up to impact the world because, because of having parents that acknowledge and recognize and draw that out, right? We all have examples and stories of people who squashed our themes and also people who encouraged our themes. Um, and so to have your parents, right? The people who are teaching you how to make a way in the world and how to navigate it, um, be the ones to encourage and to draw that out in a spot that is just, is so incredible. Lauren was wildly impressed with you um, on the the Jen and Millie um, Zoom, whatever we're going to call it. And she said, mom, I mean, she's like, she is amazing. And I said, well, I, we know, thank you. We know, but I, I, I love that, I mean, even just to have my own kids hearing about this is how strengths gets bigger. It, it isn't, um, it's not a one and done. And so it could be that you, um, you meet at a mentor training and as a result, start listening to a, um, a podcast that's really, you know, not exactly awesome. perfect. <laughs> that's the word you're looking for. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I, this is what I do. I go off topic. I had somebody, um, Tess didn't see this because she's Twitterless, but I commented, someone posted a picture of their seventh grade self and said, if you can survive this, you can survive anything. And so I, of course, posted a picture of my seventh grade self and a friend of mine on Twitter commented, um, and I responded with, I think you misspelled awesome. <laughs> because it's not seventh grade me is for sure of all the things not awesome um oh my gosh to laugh at your own jokes how long did you laugh at your tweet i laughed i laughed for quite a while and i actually pointed it out (laughs) twice that i thought it was funny i actually texted someone and said did you see how funny i was (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to miss it you don't want to miss it um Oh, so, anyway. here, look at my joke. Isn't it so good? <laughs> they are. And I feel like if you're not paying attention, you're missing how funny that I am. And I, I work at it. So anyway, I was trying to say to the kids, it is really empowering that you can have a dialogue and not know what that's going to grow into. Mm-hmm. 
So Lauren being even part of that Zoom call, I mean, she was just, she walked away completely inspired by everyone's awareness of their strengths, but also just wanting to dialogue more about that. And I always say that my kids, the one thing I've always tried to do um, is make sure that they had lots of bonus um, adults in their life who they would see as examples. And so um, I think back to your point about um, leadership, that that's an example I want my kids to see. I want them to see leaders who are strength spotters. I want them to see leaders who are thoughtful about how can I lift up my team? How can I recognize strengths even in a time of um, social distance? How can I lean in on the strengths of the rest of my team? And those are the kinds of leaders that I want my kids to see as as an example. So Lauren was wildly impressed. And um, once Sean finds out you have deliberative, he may be more likely to listen to, um, to this podcast. Um, most of the time oh, he tunes me out, but the I'll bias throw in. right there. Like, geez, Louise, Sean. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. One of my additional questions that I like to ask people, because, um, I feel like this comes up a lot that people use strengths as a one and done kind of thing. Um, and we've talked about that a few times and that was a little bit of your experience initially. Um, how do you keep your strengths learning fresh? Are there resources, activities, things that you do that help to keep it out in the forefront? Like, thankfully, I, I love that you're in an organizational culture that has this and you're working to get this really embedded. And that's a big part of it, right? Having great people in your life that speak this common language. But what are some like practical um tangible pieces of advice um, based on your own experience of keeping this fresh that you would maybe give to others? Sure. So that's a great question. Um, a couple things that I do, just I'm a, I'm a systems person. You probably see that through the strengths. So um, I like routines. I like systems. Um, and so every morning when I come into work, um, I write my top 15 just on a this sheet of paper from yesterday. We call it a pocket schedule with who's, who's here. And so every single day I write my top 15. That's how I start my day. And so for me, it makes me stop and think a little bit um, just to see what today might bring, what yesterday might bring. It's, it's really just a quick exercise. I don't spend too much time on it. Um, so that was working for me really well. I've done that for years. Um, and so when, you know, last fall, when I kind of restarted this with, with my team, one thing that I asked of them was they have kind of a note card that they carry with them throughout the day. And the first five things I want them to write on there are their strengths. So they write their top five strengths every single day, and then they turn that in with their suggestions and whatever every day. But um, I just think memorizing your strengths and knowing what that is, is so important um, as a part of your daily routine, because then you can't forget about it. If it's built into your routine, it's a habit, um, it's there. So that's that's probably the easiest thing that somebody could incorporate. It, if you're wired, you know, with the same way that I am. Um, and then it helps me to, even when I'm reading through those, because they have suggestions and stuff from yesterday on there. And I read it through the lens of, oh, here's their top five strengths. Oh, I get why Corey's putting this on here because he has high responsibility and this didn't get taken care of, or this did get taken care of. So it reminds me of their strengths every day. Um, I mean, I obviously obviously have them memorized. Um, but it's just a good reminder for me, um, of what the lens they're coming from. So, you know, that 
my high individualization really shines in that part of it because then I can look at it and if I get if I get something from one of them, uh, I read through that differently than I do if I got the same comment from somebody else knowing where they're coming from. Where's discipline for you? Uh, it is number seven. Would you claim that as a strength you use often? Mm, yes, just in the system side of it. Um, discipline for other stuff, like, you know, exercise, not so much. But and I ask that because Tess has pushed on my discipline a little bit that I didn't think I had. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would not have named it um, as a strength because I tie it to, um, strategic often well and I also think I tie it to like can I stay away from the mini ice cream sandwiches that are in the freezer you know I tie it to that which by the way if you buy a mini you can have two they're small <laughs> and so if you if you're bad at math like I am then it's a really good situation so anyway I I have I had a hard time naming it and then I started framing it around ritual and my routine and so I do the same thing every morning, um, and I wasn't necessarily naming it as discipline. And Tess was like, um, but I think my input is so evident because, you know, I have 17 bags that I take with me um, when I travel and a flat sheet to wrap around myself when I travel. My, my input is so obvious, and it was today, actually, Tess, this morning that I right away, I write down thoughts, um, do some meditation before I run, but I've been writing just the first few things that come to my mind. Mm -hmm. I started to think, why am I doing this? Like, do I, I don't have, I don't have to do this today. Like who says I have to do this? And I'm like, I have to do this. <laughs> so I couldn't not. And I, I am starting to own, um, maybe discipline has shifted a little bit for me because, because of the, because I do desire and need routine. Mm -hmm. Um, but wow, JC, that's such a great exercise that I, I'm thinking Tess and I probably could start doing right away as a bit of a social experiment to see how we would approach our strengths in even more meaningful ways. If we wrote down our 15 mm -hmm. every day and then came into dialogue with that. Yeah, Allie would have to reference her full 34 for a while, for a little while. She doesn't. Like, I don't know if I know. Yeah, speaking out your talk time. crazy thing. Mm -hmm. I, I just said that, that that was number seven. It's actually number 15. So it may not help you in remembering this stuff, even though I just said that discipline, it's number 15. It's not number seven. I'm just sitting here thinking, seven? No, that's not right. So it, it may <laughs> not help you recognize them. Responsibility, where's that for you? Uh, it is pretty, well, 11, 11, yeah. What are your lesser themes? Uh, woo, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> um, adaptability is my number 34, um, which is kind of funny because, you know, in the business world, you kind of have to, you do have to adapt, but I just lean on people that have high adaptability. Mm -hmm. Kristen, she's on a team, high adaptability, number two. So, you know, when things are not going, so, hey, how could we fix this? Um, and Kristen jumps right in and is like, yeah, let's roll with this. Um, so 
again, leveraging the people on your team to come back and fill in those, those lesser spots. Um, Includer's not real high for me. Um, I think that that plays a little bit. I'm very introverted. And so um, that side, I, I don't, I'd rather have a smaller group. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's not real high. Positivity, not real high. Ranger, not real high. Mm-hmm. I love what you said early on about knowing yourself as a leader. And I think so many people come into a change, a job, a role, a leadership position, whatever that looks like. When there's a shift into something, we we sometimes think and assume this is what it's supposed to look like. So if I'm shifting into this role in leadership, it's supposed to look like what it did in this other person. I think we even do that sometimes with strengths. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can see strength. Like I see adaptability and I see tests. Um, that it becomes so much that I can't see adaptability any other way than the lens in which I see it in tests. I think that happens with leadership too. Um, I've, as everyone knows who listens to this, love everything Brene Brown, but I think part of the reason that I love her work is because she has exposed that leadership can look like vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It can look different than what is assumed leadership is. And I love that early in your career, you could, you know yourself well enough to say, okay, not only do I need to honor me Mm -hmm. by being my authentic self, but I'm not serving anybody else if I'm not walking in my authentic leadership. Mm -hmm. And I think that's um, rarer than you think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. We're, we're as unique as a fingerprint right? Statistically, our 34 themes in the order that they are. And so for anyone to try and fill and fit in the shoes of anybody else, because they think that's the expectation means you're, even if you have similar strengths as that person, you are not going to lead the same way that they're going to lead. So trying to be like someone else is automatically setting yourself up for failure, really. Like you're not going to be functioning in your talent themes, you know, and failure is even a hard word to say, right? You're not going to be functioning in your talent themes. You're not going to be using um, the best of who you are and what you can bring to the table. Um, The analogy, and I don't know if I've shared this here, but I know JC and I have talked a little bit about kind of our faith and belief backgrounds. Um, We kind of come from similar places. Um, I was chatting actually with um, one of our coworkers, Annette, today. um, and she was asking about it. I've done strengths with our church. Her and I go to the same church here in the Omaha Metro. And she said, you know, how do you, how did you describe that, you know, to the church and to the staff? Like, how did you do that? And I said, I use the story of David and Goliath. And I think a lot of people know that story, right? That David like took on, you know, the armor and he was given this big sword and he couldn't even walk in it, right? Like he was given somebody else's equipment for what set that person up for success to try and defeat the giant. But when he shed it and he said, this is what I know, I know how to throw stones. And he took up his five stones, right? And the whole clinical analogy is, is your five talent themes is there your five stones, right? That led him to success, right? It's super cheesy. You know, it's church for you. Um, but, but it's so true. And I was reminded of that today as I was talking with Annette about it. And um, it's just when we, when we try and fit and use the tools that other people have prescribed um, for us or for a role, we're not our best selves. We're our best selves. We're our best version of what leadership looks like in our role, in our position, um, at our home with 
with our families, with our friends, when we say, this is who I am, and so this is the best of me that you're going to get. Um, this is who I most naturally bring to the table. And, and I love that, I think, JC, you show up in such honesty and authenticity in all parts of your life, which I think is why so many people gravitate, have gravitated towards you. And they're like, get her on a podcast, you know, because it's like, Allie and I, you know, preach all these things and we try and practice them, but you're doing them, JC, in your life. And so that, that's what we appreciate, I think, a whole lot. <laughs> So I think one of the last questions I have for you is, um, you know, we never script this. So I, I wasn't going to throw this in um, too soon. But then as I think about your analy- or your deliberative, I probably should have. But I know you have to practice nexting because I know that you believe in um, crafting hope and being hopeful. So what is the next great thing that you're looking forward to? Um, tomorrow? Um, like not on a big scale, but you know, just the, the weekend and time with family, we've got some, some plans up in the Hills. I mean, if you've never been to Rapid City mm-hmm. it is like one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Um, I never would have guessed that this is where we would end up and this is where we would make our home, but oh my goodness, are we so blessed to be able to live here? So, um, uh, one thing that just, I am so ready for is just the outside. We, we spend a lot of time on the trails and, um, I'm ready to get boat and water. We're not doing that this weekend because it's just too, too crazy. I won't put my kids in the water when it's, when it's like this, but, um, those days on the lake, I love to surf. And so, um, my kids do too. And so surfing with my kids, that is something that I am absolutely looking forward to this summer. Um, that just brings me joy to watch my kids enjoy stuff that, that my husband and I enjoy. Um, I am looking forward to being able to give people hugs again. I'm not so much of a hugger, but gosh, during this time when you're not so connected with people, um, to be able to like physically reach out and touch somebody. Um, I spend a lot of my time, you can spot the individualization here, um, one-on-one with people in my office, just maybe helping them walk through whatever's going on in life right now and not being able to be in close proximity to them. I look forward to the day when somebody's falling apart and I can reach out and, and actually give them a hug when they leave instead of this awkward pause. Um, on the mentoring side, I look forward to seeing my mentor again, my mentee again. Um, we've got kind of a funny story that we met once. So we're a new chapter and it took a while to get matched because we just didn't have enough mentees signed up. So um, as a board member, we spent a lot of time going to the schools and trying to get the kids engaged and signing up. So um, the week before quarantine started was my first meeting with, with Natalie. And so we had this kind of awkward, you know, we're both uh, introverted. So we had our first meeting and um, it was great. We had a really good conversation. And then the next week, school was canceled. And so, you know, being able to Um, actually see her again um, is something I'm actually really looking forward to. I am so thankful for the mentor portal thing that we got going on. Um, She does think my name's Vicki because the emails are coming from Vicki. I haven't quite figured out how to fix that. Um, That is so... Oh my goodness, that is absolutely cool. Yes. Yes, but you know, she's actually engaged in that. And so it's weird to develop a relationship that way. Um, 
but it's almost perfect because we're both, it, it's easier to write something sometimes, I think. And so I think I get more out of her that way than we would have sitting, you know, putting a puzzle together. That's what we were gonna do the next week. We were gonna do puzzles. She said, hey, yeah, I like puzzles. She's an eighth grader and school's a little bit of a struggle trying to get that figured out and she's done today. So I can't wait to hear that like, hey, I did it um, mm -hmm. message that I hope is waiting in my inbox right now. So that from a nexting perspective, I'm so excited for next fall. Hopefully we're somewhat back to, to normal so we can actually have our second meeting. Um, just, it's kind of a weird time, but. And you know, that is fascinating. That's probably not something that I've thought enough about is there are probably some really meaningful conversations that are happening via the portal that may help trust to be built in these newer matches that it would have been more awkward um, to, to me. Um, mm -hmm. I know Tess is probably right now just thinking all the data analytics that she could try to pull and run mm -hmm. to be able to see that. But it takes me back to like pen pals. And I can think about how I got to know some people in my life in really meaningful ways. It was through letters and through emails. I mean, my strengths coach who taught me most of what I know about strengths, Kristen and I didn't meet in person until like my graduation from, from Gallup University. So a year and a half of coaching with her. And then we met pitch here in Omaha and you would have thought that, I mean, we, we were very loud, um, but it was this moment of, I know you, but now I see you. I get to see you in person, but I feel like I know you already. And I think that so much of that can happen through written word um, that's being exchanged. So that's really good. I hadn't really thought about that. And that's a good bug to put in Tess's um, research ear mm -hmm. to be thinking about some of these newer matches. Um, Tess, a little connectedness for you. I missed Bob Seeger in concert in Rapid one day, right? by a day, mm -hmm. by one day one day Crazy. and so and he probably will never again go on tour um mm -mm. i missed him by a day and had i had a conversation with mark and custer i would not have missed it so the full circle of how you and i are here bob mm -hmm. seeger um missed him in rapid by a day jc did you go i did not i did not he's he's all right you know <laughs> he is all right. I mean, I'm not a huge Bob Seger fan. I just like knew who he was. <laughs> right. And I did. I just get confused with Bob Saget. I <laughs> know who he is. <laughs> I know. So in our Jen and Millie trivia word document, um, one of the questions for the, we had Allie and I to share doc for the, the listener Zoom call. And um, so creating these quiz questions and one of them is like, who is the artist that started this? Um, and I wrote that question, so I answered it as Bob Saget, just for, for a little bit of a smile and a wink to Allie via our um, <laughs> trivia document. <laughs> oh my and God. she is, she gave me some Bob Seger vinyl. Um, so she now knows, she now knows. I am um, aware of who he is, yes. 
You will not confuse him again with Bob Saget, I don't think. I, I do not believe so, no. My context <laughs> will never let it down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. Okay, this is such an awesome conversation. Um, and it has been such a joy to hear about your background with Strengths, JC, and, and, and what brought you to where you are with teammates, with mentoring, with your organization, um, your business. And um, just, gosh, thanks for letting us have this conversation, being willing to pop on, being willing to answer all of our questions. Um, and um, yes, now that you have number, you know, now that I know you have number six deliberative, I'm like, I feel even worse that I didn't get questions ahead of, you know, questions to you even further ahead of time. Um, but um, thank you so much for um, leaning on maybe some of your other themes um, to allow this to be more of a free flow conversation uh, um, in the spirit of how we do Jen and Millie generally. So um, we are so grateful that you are a part of who we are um, as an organization, um, as a subgroup within the organization of Jen and Millie and strengths and, and gosh, the, the energy and the passion and the life that you bring to what you do in all aspects of your life is admirable and something I'm so glad that we've been able to hear about today and that our listeners will be able to, to hear about as they tune into the episode. What we like to do, and maybe a, a final question I have for you, I should have prepped you on this. I don't think I prepped you on this one. As you know from listening, we like to give an action item or a takeaway. What is one way you would like to challenge our listeners? Could be strengths related, could be mentoring related, general life. What is one action you would like to take, you would like to challenge our listeners to take after listening to this episode? Um, I think I would challenge people to write your strengths down every day. Um, Just develop that habit. I think you'll be really surprised at how easy that becomes, you know, when you first start. Yeah, you're going to have to look at your list. Um, but I, I think it, it just starts your day off. Um, I, you know, I do it at the start of my work day. I have a lot of other routines that I do when I wake up in the morning. Um, but when I get to work where I probably see my strengths the most, it just reminds me of how important that is. And when I'm writing mine, I'm thinking about other people's strengths. And, you know, when I get theirs, because they're turning them in, it, it reminds me of who they are. And I think if you lose sight of who people are as individuals, um, you're, you're not serving out your purpose. And so I think it's easy to see your purpose when you start with that every day and go, hey, I can do this because I'm equipped to do this. I, I know what I need to do today and I know how I'm going to do it because this is who I am. This is how I've been wired. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing I would leave is start that habit. It won't take long. What do they say? 21 days to develop a habit. Um, so just do it, write it down. I love that. I love that. Allie has muted herself like when she's not talking, which I don't know if that's intentional or unintentional. I not when it goes on. Yeah, I just you keep do. doing this like, oh. oh my gosh, that's so good. My heart is so full. So I have to keep muting myself. So that we don't, I, I love the reaction sometimes though. And now because I'm unmuted, because all the sound is coming through my devices, all we hear are my verbal pauses and not yours, which I don't think are any better. So that's the episode. That's a wrap. But oh my gosh. Okay. So I love this JC and I, my context memorized my 34 
as soon as I got them, right? So I can I can list my my top 15, but writing them, there's something intentional that brings them to mind when you put pen to paper. And then even like I love like the the intention even behind that practice, not only just bringing them to mind. You said it a little bit in the explanation. It's bringing strengths to mind and then looking towards what's going to happen to the day to say how am I going to show up in my themes in a meaningful way? How am I going to use them to get done what I want to get done today? I think simple practices like that writing down your top strengths, if it's your top five, your top 10, your top 15, whatever you would like um, to write down whatever you have access to, it's profoundly simple. Like I've never even thought about it. I'm like, that's so great just to write them down. Like, oh my gosh. But it brings them to mind. It brings intention to them. And it's, it keeps you in the cycle of naming, claiming, aiming, right? The strengths development cycle of acknowledging your themes, saying, yes, these are me and saying, where are the areas where um, I have to get things done or I have challenges that I'm facing and how can I productively apply my talent themes to get to success quicker? And so that cycle is naturally done in the 10 seconds, 30 seconds it takes to write that out in the morning. So I love it. I'm going to do it. And I'm so excited to hear how it goes for you, Allie, to memorize your top 15. Wow. I'm so excited for you, Allie. <laughs> you won't have to ask me where this lies in your in your strengths anymore. <laughs> Usually look at you like, where and where is that for me? And I'm um, like, it's seven, Allie. You should know that. <laughs> I just, I, I focus on my top five. I also have a really interesting memory so I can but I am good at memorization I'm a theater girl so I can memorize I'll probably have a song um to it that helps me to remember it um but I definitely I think it's a I wrote it down before you even test us I wrote it down as this would be a great practice um so I'm in I love that Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap us up by thanking everybody for tuning in to this episode 70 of Jen and Millie. And a huge thank you to JC for being our guest and our panelist and our one of our biggest supporters and fans and cheerleaders um, and somebody who not only cheers us on and supports us, but constantly engages with the work that we're doing, right? Taking it a step further. So gosh, we so appreciate you being on and sharing your wisdom and your perspective um, with everyone that listens. Um, So thank you everybody else for tuning in and listening. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend to interact with us and share your responses, your feedback and reflection um, on the action item that JC uh, really challenged us with to write down your themes every day and see how that transforms your strengths, awareness and activation. Um, Let us know how that goes. We would love to hear about it. We'd love to be able to share that with JC and to just see the ripple effects, even of something as simple as a practice like that integrated into your daily habits. Um, So we'd love to hear from you. Um, One of the best ways to do that is give us a follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Starman and may not reflect the views of Teammates Mentoring Program at large. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time.